This is not an expert podcast. last week um things are a little bit more clear now a few days have passed uh joe biden has been announced as the next president we are still waiting for whatever air quotes lawsuits uh trump has to dole out and whatever air quotes justice is going to be served from those uh, but it does look like all of that voting talk we did actually really panned out. And because of our listeners, Joe Biden is president. <laughs> Congratulations, y'all. Thanks to us. Thanks to Not an Expert podcast. Um, you know, Joe Biden is going to mention us in his speech. I did confirm that. Um <laughs> In his victory speech. <laughs> speech that already happened? Uh, yeah. Maybe it is an inauguration speech? Uh, sure. Yep. He's going to bring us up in actually all of these speeches. <laughs> uh, that's facts. That's what I confirmed. That's true. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> apparently, Melania Trump is now on the long list of people that are asking Trump to accept the loss. So that's interesting. Yet, Trump is, uh, I think he came out like today and is doing some more Twitter banging, calling it all fraud. But Twitter's trying to flag as much of it as possible and mm-hmm. take it down. I mean, not as much of it as possible. Honestly, if Twitter was worth its salt, it would just be like, no, you cannot have a Twitter account anymore, Trump. You just can't. You can't <laughs> have one. Sorry. Yeah. Not that allowed. Be, that would be ideal. Uh, but Let's not forget, 70 million people still voted for him. The second most voted for presidential candidate in history. Yeah. So we will be remembering. There's still them. quite a lot of indecency left. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is not at all like problem solved. Now we can just walk away and let the U.S. operate as usual. I definitely want to keep the momentum, but I think the momentum is definitely now going to be used towards. Um, kind of pushing Joe Biden to make more progressive policies instead of being like, how do we circumnavigate the president so, and like try and work around him entirely? Yeah. Our know? job is not done yet. There's going to be two runoff elections for Georgia. For mm-hmm. Georgia. And yes, so Andrew Yang is actually coming here to help with that, by the yeah, way. You yeah. were in the bathroom when we announced that. Yeah, oh. um, but uh, that... Is definitely um, something we need to be active in. I did Google, like, where do we get, like, do we request ballots? Are they just going to be sent to us because we're already in the database? Like, kind of what's happening? I did not find any answers, so that's difficult, and I need to spend a little bit more time on that. Um, But I was trying to find out this morning how we get our Mm -hmm. fucking ballots for that. So as of now, the only information we have for you, I believe it's January 5th is the date to vote in person. So hold that date in your mind and keep looking out for mail-in related options prior to January 5th. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's going to be a yeah, good one. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we can just kind of walk away from this narrative of like mail-in ballots are bad mm-hmm. and we can instead just like start doing mail-in ballots as a regular type thing. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, but I hope we can kind of walk away from this narrative. True. That would be nice. Um, but this is a, definitely an important one because this would, I don't know if this would flip the Senate, but at least I think it, it would It would be. That's yeah, why Stacey Abrams is po- it's like sure that people are still going to speak up because mm. she's like this would flip the senate and that's enough of a motivating mm. factor that to would be amazing. have people vote because she was like they were kind of talking with her about like well donald trump's not on the top of the ticket anymore so that's not really incentivizing people to vote however this would flip the senate and that is incentive uh within itself mm-hmm. um i'm gonna go break them up because they are gonna start making a lot of noise sure yeah yeah the cats are up on the top of the blanket fort together pancake just uh, jumped up there to yeah i almost said ponky pancake jumped up there to try to play with jack and then they get loud and noisy and so we're gonna stop that um but yeah hopefully we can make this happen we're all definitely going to be voting in the runoffs and trying to encourage everybody else that we know to as well so if you're in the georgia area definitely do that 
you know, keep your eyes peeled for more information. And as we know more information, we will let you know. Um, we're recording this podcast, I think, on the 8th of November. So this is just a couple of days after they announced that Joe Biden was going to be president pretty much like a secured locked in. I can't reach Pancake, so I was going to just kind of spray him because he's in that very back corner where none of us can reach him. He fucking laid down, started looking cute as fuck, and Jackie's cleaning himself, and so now I don't feel comfortable like spraying mm-hmm. either of them to get off. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, so we'll chill for now then. That's fine. If you hear a bunch of uh, noises, just know that is Pancake and Jack uh, having one of their infamous... Uh, Lovers' quarrels, mm. um, and uh, love squirrels? in no mind, huh? Love squirrels, yeah, yeah. love squirrels. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, <laughs> nice, he says. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in other news, uh, I made zucchini bread oh for the God. boys. Oh my God, it was <laughs> it was so good, so good, <laughs> so so good. Zucchini bread. She put some melted salted butter over top of it, or I guess it was just salted butter that melted. I just when it got on yeah, because if you eat it warm, it's kind of the best. I mean, you can't eat it cold, and it's still really good. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but fresh out the oven, I think we all know that's the best way to eat bread. It was mm-hmm. so good. Oh my God, it was so good. Uh, zucchini bread is a recipe I recommend to anybody who likes banana bread, doesn't like banana bread. Uh, it fills both <laughs> niches if you, if you believe that. <laughs> the only person that I wouldn't recommend it to if you don't like bread-related things, then maybe you hold back on that one. And it also doesn't taste overwhelmingly like zucchini. It doesn't taste at all like zucchini and also... It's not a savory bread. It's a sweet bread. It is a sweet um, bread. Similar to banana bread, but with none of the banana taste. And, of course, no nuts, which is my personal favorite part. And who would imagine that zucchini in bread would not be savory? It would be sweet? Not me. I didn't I expect know. it. Well, that's why I was uh, trying to tell you all earlier, like, oh, yeah, like, it's a sweeter bread. You know, it's not, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not savory. Um but yeah, it's really good. It's really good. You spread some butter on it, and you can snack on that all day long. Mm-hmm. It's also very autumny. This time I put mm-hmm. applesauce and a little bit of spiced apple cider in it because we, not that this is a substitute for sugar at all, but we ran out of sugar and I just needed like half a cup of sugar. I worked and out really so well. And so I was like, uh, we'll just do apple cider instead, which <laughs> yeah. is not, apple cider is not a substitute for sugar, if anybody wants to know, but it, it was works, tasty. Yeah. Yeah. So. And the bread was hella moist. I don't know if that contributed, but it was... Applesauce. Moist as hell. That's what apple made it moist. Salsa. was the applesauce, yeah. Some good shit. Um... <laughs> We're all eyeing the cats <laughs> carefully for them to do some fuck shit. Because they are. You, you can hear them starting to tussle. Yeah. So, um... Which, Jack and Pancake are very much in love. Um, they just, like, lick each other all day long. They like to be together. The only thing is, is as with most couples, um, Jack needs a space to himself, and he has decided that that space is 100% the top of my blanket fort. <laughs> he doesn't want anybody else on top of it, not even his lovely lover, Pancake. That is big facts. Uh, without further ado, I think we should get into it. I've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, and this is not an expert podcast. I'm Kevin. I'm Megan. I'm Dan. And it's your boy, Michael. And it's a my episode today. <laughs> Kevin's episode. I feel the need to clarify every time who really knows who is who. It's me, Kevin. I but, know people uh, are most thrown by my voice. They're like, whoa, is that, is that Dev? Is, is that, that Dev? Michael? Yeah. Is it Kevin? Yeah, I, uh, I never tell Stan that. You can never, you never know, truly. Yeah, if we uh, say things at the same time, it sounds like we're saying them in unison. Uh, Jack is off the top of the blanket fort as a update. It is about time. He has been up there for hours, and so I did figure he was hungry, thirsty, and had to go to the bathroom. Yep. <laughs> All yeah. of those things. <laughs> well, today, I wanted to talk about this, uh, obviously because of the topicality of it and the current climate, but also because I feel like I didn't know as much as I wanted to on this subject. Honestly, I don't even know where to start because it's such a loaded discussion to have with like so many angles to attack it from, like the setting of it, the historical context, the design, the controversy. So bear with me as I try to do it all justice. Let's just start with the facts. 
The Electoral College of the United States is the group of presidential electors required by the Constitution to form every four years for the sole purpose of electing the president and vice president. It consists of 538 electors appointed and divided by state according to the number of congressional seats held in each state. For example, Georgia is appointed 14 representatives for the House based on the population, which is determined by the decennial census every 10 years. They hold a census and then I believe the year following that census, they determine, I can't remember if it's the year following, but in three years after the census, they implement the new representatives allocation to each state. So in three years, we just finished our 2020 census, and in three years, they will allocate new representatives as well as draw new district lines, but we'll get into that. Uh, and two seats for the Senate, that uh, every state has that, you know. Um, so this means that there are 16 congressional delegates from Georgia, 14 House, two Senate, uh, which also means that Georgia appoints 16 electors for the Electoral College. It, it's not the same people. There are different people, but they use the same number. So there's 435 House representatives and 100 Senate seats total. D.C. also gets three votes in the Electoral College, despite having no seats in the House or the Senate. They uh, are working on changing that, though. Interesting. D.C. is, um, I think they just are like looking at slash voting on things uh, related to becoming like a state, mm -hmm. like maintaining statehood, because up until this point, they've been, they're not officially a state, but they have no rights as a state, so they don't have a governor, like nothing like that, but they also don't get like to vote as a part of their state, like, it's it's very, very interesting. I don't know. D D.C. doesn't get electoral college votes, I don't. Well, you just said they do. They get three electoral college votes um, because the 23rd Amendment to the Constitution extends the right to vote to presidential elections to mm. D.C. residents. D.C. is a messed up place, though. They have a mayor and a 13-member council that govern them, but Congress has supreme authority in D.C., specifically. Yeah. which it, basically I think they're looking at how to declare statehood without mm -hmm. them actually becoming, like, a, a state, yeah. but instead just having the rights that a state does, which is mm -hmm. why it's kind of complicated. Yeah. We, we really shouldn't have put... DC where we did and get, like yeah. you know what I mean like let's just say like Delaware is the <laughs> new capital or something that's already a state you know yeah. what I mean like yeah so they they um Congress can overturn pretty much any of their local laws uh, which is pretty crazy because DC doesn't have any representatives in Congress. That's what it was. <laughs> so they're really at the will of the country, which, which I guess uh, makes sense because they're a federal district. Actually, it doesn't make sense okay. because they are taxed. And oh, it is uh, that's fucked up. Taxation without representation yeah, that's, that's is like pretty directly yeah. against the uh, Constitution. So it doesn't make sense. And that's what they're trying to at least introduce stuff to change that. But mm -hmm. since D.C. is such a unique case, um, I think they're just trying to figure out, like, how to give it all the permissions of a state mm -hmm. without having be a state, as I've said. Sorry, yeah. sorry. That's no, the that's, one, though. I, I vaguely mm. remember having this, like, reading extensively about it a while ago, and then I just couldn't remember the specifics, but that's the thing. Yeah, I'm glad that you you mentioned that, because that's interesting. I just knew that it was fucked up, but I'm glad mm -hmm. to know that they're at least trying to do something different. Like, uh, like in India, like Delhi, it's the capital, but the statehood issues surrounding it are very complex as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's, like, Delhi, New Delhi. Sometimes people consider it its own state. Sometimes it's part of the neighboring state. So, it's, like, Yeah, it's, it's just, like, Washington, D.C. is in Vermont and Maryland, yeah. right? No, Virginia. Virginia Maryland. Virginia, Damn it. Maryland. Okay. Oh, I was so close. It, I almost knew something. Yeah, it you changes did. according to, like, whatever the party wants to declare it at that mm. time. And that's what's so. difficult because Washington, D.C. is insane. They are 90, well, not insane. I mean, they're great. They're 95% Democratic. Mm -hmm. And so they have, like, that's why nobody wants it. I mean, nobody. Republicans don't want to give them statehood because yeah. if it's they did. It's another Senate slash House seat it's, for It would be a huge, yeah. a huge, like, blue state. Yeah. Or it would that's be a lot of, of votes. That's the reason why, like, you Puerto know I mean? Rico... And, like, a lot of them, I mean... Because mm -hmm, they know they would be blue. Yeah, you know, so yeah. that would tip the Cuba is another crazy. territory, isn't it? Guam. No. no. Yeah. Where? Guam. Oh, Guam. And then is the Dominican Republic one or no? No. no. Man, it's, it's I really Guam. am just okay, not The Virgin really Islands? Well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the U.S. Virgin Islands. The Virgin Islands. Maybe Puerto Rico is... It's 
it's like a weird territory, but not a territory. Well, Puerto Rico has a lot of people. So yeah. a lot of people who a have lot, pretty directly suffered at our unwillingness yeah. to yeah. help. Uh, but that's, that's not the topic at hand, although a good topic to <laughs> yeah. definitely bring they light They would probably to. have, I don't know what their population is, but they'd probably have a good amount of representatives. Oh, uh, this is also a side note, but um, just something I thought of. Uh, Thanksgiving Christmas tree has been completed, so our, our our Thanksgiving topper is a sloth because I couldn't find a stuffed turkey, so it's yes, a sloth. Walmart had some limited options, but we have nice orange, red, and yellow coloring gold coloring up there that makes it very autumn-y it's very nice mm-hmm. um but yeah so that's that's the total i think 435 house reps 100 senate seats and then three bonus from um from dc to make up a total of 538 electoral college votes and it's been that way since 1929 for the most part uh, in 48 of the states and D.C., the state allows and in many cases uh, legally requires that all of their electors go to the winner of the plurality of the statewide vote, with the exception being in Maine and, weirdly enough, Nebraska, where two of their electors go to the state plurality, basically the, the person that gets the most votes. It doesn't have to be the majority, but whoever got more than everybody else, they, two of their electors go there, and then the rest go to the plurality in each congressional district. So we'll go over districts later, but basically locally they have, I don't remember if Maine has like five electoral votes, so two of them go to whoever wins overall, and then the other three go to the individual districts or something like that. Not entirely certain, but uh, Nebraska does the same thing. So. Again, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, then those electors meet in their state capital to cast their votes on the first Monday after the second Wednesday of December, which has got to be the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Uh, but I guess whatever works. Then Congress counts the votes and totals them in the first week of January. And then the new P and VP are inaugurated on January 20th. That's the electoral college process of voting in the U.S. right now. It's just the facts. So before we start chewing on the juicy fruit that is why the system is a fuckfest, let's get into the history. Just because it will be relevant later, let's start with the brief history of Congress. So before the Constitution and before the President, there was a Confederation Congress, which was basically both the executive and legislative branches, and each state had one vote. The drafters of the Constitution said fuck that and created the two-part Congress as a compromise between state sovereignty and people's interest. Uh, the idea was having one chamber represent the people equally, while the other gives equal representation to the states, regardless of population. Uh, that's fine. And I'm not here to talk about too much whether or not the idea of states' interests and the interests of the populace should be coexistent. Let's just continue on saying the idea is sound. In Article 1 of the Constitution, it was decided that each state shall have two Senate seats, period, and the appointment of the House seats in each state shall be determined by total population. James Madison is the one that laid out most of these original ideas, as well as the concepts of checks and balances within all of these ideas. Madison and Hamilton. I say the concept of checks mm. and balances is great. All it's of it is a good concept. Concept. <laughs> great. The lack of execution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This was meant for a different time. Um, yeah, just how purely with was. fewer people. I don't think there was any way that yeah. the founding fathers could have known that America was going to get as big as it mm-hmm. did. Because, yeah. I mean, we went from, like, I think in, like, 2000, we started out the decade with, like, 3.5 billion people on the planet. Now we have 7 billion just on the planet. Yeah. And nobody thought, like, in 20 years, maybe somebody who was an expert or something, but we're not that, um, thought that... Um. Yeah, I thought that we were going to get to 7 billion people in 20 yeah. years. You know, we yeah. were going to double our population in the mm-hmm. world in 20 years. That's insane. I don't think anybody could have even conceptualized that back in the 1770s. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, probably not. Um, so originally the idea for electing an executive, a.k.a. the president, was that Congress would elect the president. Simple. Then after some debate, they decided that that could violate the separation of powers. Uh, So they decided electors would choose the president instead. This was all at the same time that they were deciding on the House of Representatives and the Senate. Electoral College was, like, there with our Constitution. That's not a defense. That's just a fact. Um, They kept the number of electors the same as Congress people, and the notion was that they would support the interests of the people and the states. By the way, James Madison wanted the popular vote. Like, that was, he was reported saying that it would be ideal, but that the southern states wouldn't go for it. (sighs) 
because their population was heavily slaves who obviously weren't going to be allowed to vote, but they also wanted more equal representation since the slaves wouldn't be able to vote and they had fewer free white people than the rest of the country. Which uh, also really dives into, uh, I've seen this talked about, but it's important to really like say it explicitly. The Electoral College was founded around the idea of racism and has inherently been built to be a racist institution. And so the fact that we do still have it is really archaic, but is also like goes to really support a lot of like us. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, all of us saying like America is systematically racist. We have so many institutions that were built solely to be fucking racist. That's Anyways, facts. Yeah. Ahead. No, I mean, it's it's fucked up that like the Southern people were like were so I don't know. It was the North had a higher population density in general of like free people and things like that. But um, since the South wanted uh, more equal representation, since the slaves wouldn't be able to vote and had fewer free white people than the rest of the country, Madison was like, OK, I guess we're not going to be able to use the. Uh, we're not going to be able to, to use a popular vote. And a lot of other people wanted the popular vote as well. So it was definitely something that was a good idea for the North, but they knew the South wouldn't go for it because um, they're it's fucked up. They're just like, we we have a lot of slaves, and but we have few people, but we want to make sure that our, we're, we're more powerful. I'm like, mm, that's fucked up. Um, so they went with the Electoral College and the Three-Fifths Compromise. Uh, that's where that came from, is the Electoral Fucking College. It's where the three-fifths compromise, which, okay, that means they got to use the slaves for their numbers while actually not giving them any rights, which is extra fucked. This is just the start. Also in the Federalist Papers, Alexander Hamilton talked about the importance of majority rule in a republic and why a majority has to be selected in the Electoral College because electors meeting in the state capitals would have information that the general public could not attain. The popular vote would suffice the importance of majority rule and would be representative of an entire population. So, the Electoral College really has its inception on three premises. Remember these. One, that states would have more representation in government. Two, that the electors representative of a populace could gather information that has no other way of making it to a general public and bring that to a higher court. And three, Bigoted and privileged people suppressing and abusing an entire race of humans could have more power. That's the three things that the Electoral College was founded on. State power, uh, people not being able to have access to information, and these fucking southern plantation owners that bit, that pitched a fit because they weren't going to have enough power. I mean, that's, that's kind of how America was built, so... It's facts. So let's bring this to present day and start with number one. Do states need more representation in government? The Senate is the state's representation in the legislative body of government. No questions asked, okay? So back to the House then. To bring the population ratio to current day, the current appointment is about one representative for every 700,000 people, give or take a few. For states with multiple... But no pressure. <laughs> for states with multiple representatives, they use districting to divide the population by landmass. The idea of districting was incepted to ensure all members of a populace in a state could have someone locally hearing their voices and interests, as there was not enough effective communication, tool, communication tools in the late 18th, early 19th century. Um, they wanted to give you a door to go knock on. Basically. Basically, that was it. I mean, they, they came up with districting because, like they said, people couldn't like get access to information. Uh, but also... Single-member districting, which is basically just dividing up land and then having one electorate associated with that district, that was implemented as a counter to the winner-take-all method, as many, uh, many states with a partisan majority doing at-large voting would discount the voices of the minority. What a novel concept, right? That you could drown out an entire population's voice by having an entire state vote one way because the general majority wanted it relevant so the district lines are to be determined <laughs> <laughs> the district lines are to be determined by an independent or bipartisan commission in 13 of the 43 districting states in five of the states an independent body proposes the plans and then legislature approves them and in 25 of the 43 states it's entirely decided by the state legislature where the district lines are drawn so basically the winner gets to decide where to draw the lines 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unrelated. Do you guys know what gerrymandering is? Yeah. Okay, great. Yes. That's cool. Uh, if you're not, it's basically... <laughs> Air quotes, unrelated. <laughs> unrelated. Uh, it's manipulating district boundaries to establish an unfair political advantage. Uh, there's two tactics, cracking and packing, which I thought was great. Ooh. I'm including that. Now. Cracking is diluting the voting power of the opposing party's uh, support across multiple districts, where packing is concentrating the voting power of the uh, oh sorry concentrating the voting power of the opposing party to one district, reducing their power in other districts. And I have a little a little oh, diagram. Oh, that's the diagram I was just looking up because <laughs> I like it to show you guys kind of how that looks. Um, if you guys just look up gerrymandering, this on, is more than one that. Yeah, that's a good one. That one's probably a little bit better. It's. The same thing that's on Wikipedia, but if you guys look up gerrymandering and you go to images or if you go to Wikipedia, you'll see what we're talking mm. about. You can see like a majority of one color and a minority of one color drawn in with different lines to separate them into, quote, districts and how that can sway a vote one way or another, even though the majority does or doesn't want one thing. So like Dev was saying, yes, the winner does get to draw the lines. Uh, Let's see, without getting into too much detail, as long as each district has relatively equivalent numbers of people and it doesn't discriminate racially or linguistically, federal courts have allowed the practice to continue, knowing what it's doing, like knowing the purpose of gerrymandering. They're totally cool with it as long as you're not being racist or air quotes. <laughs> Secondary racist. Well, I yeah. guess that's just, just you know. Racist just not straight up saying that. That's you're just racist. Uh, that's casualties, you know, of yeah. war. Yeah. But yeah, no, they could use it literally. They could be like, well, this area is more um, is more urbanized, and so we're gonna gerrymander it differently. And then you already know that that's code for it has black people, and we want to take away their voices. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. But, like, as long as they don't use that as a primary reason, then sure. Yeah. Oh, this area has slightly lower income. Yeah. So move that off. Oh, the education mm -hmm. here isn't as good. Oh, yeah, okay. Exactly. The school districts aren't um, aren't uh, teaching as many things. Yeah. Their standardized testing scores are lower, and so therefore... Well, you can have as many racist thoughts as you want, as long as you don't say it out loud. No one can prove it, you know? Yep. Yep. And gerrymandering was just their way of... Ensuring that their political party would have the advantage in whatever state that they were in, right? Uh, what sucks is that that is reduced or even effectively eliminated partisan competition for House seats in states like Florida, Georgia, Maryland, which is interesting because it's for the Democratic side, Michigan, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Texas. But that's why it's been so lovely that Georgia is blue, because that means not only were we loud, we were a fuck ton louder. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, have you seen like the Atlanta districts? It's like intense gerrymandering. Yeah. Like, yeah. How Forsyth is, it, it's like, it's like mm. 20 miles long of just blue. Everyone blue is just there, and then every yeah. other county is just red. I'm fortunate that gerrymandering doesn't affect the pre presidential elections, because there's a really good chance Georgia wouldn't have been blue if that were the case. But it does affect House seats, and just to substantiate that, um, in 2018, Texas had 36 House seats. I just picked a random state. I could have picked any state. I would have found it. Texas had 36 House seats, 23 of them having been Republican. Okay, so that's 64% Republican representation, despite the fact that only 50.4% of people voted Republican on the House ticket. So you can slice it blue or red, but it's not representative of the population interest in that state or the country. It's fucked up. That that it like I'm not talking 50.4 percent of the people voted for a blue president. That was on House tickets, 50 or red president. 50 percent of people voted red, whereas like 40, I think seven percent voted blue. And instead, what happened is 36 percent of the blue people get representation in that state. Um, what's worse, and I didn't write this down, but if you divide that in a lot of the different states, the way that uh, it's divided, obviously favoring. Um, diluting blue districts in different states, uh, it actually winds up being, I should say unintentionally, but there's a lot of intentional to it, uh, racist. Like a lot of underrepresented and a lot of minority communities center in urban areas, and they divide this out to the point where uh, a lot of blue urban votes get diluted 
whereas red rural votes are the ones that are overrepresented. But that's so... That makes me so, 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 so mad because people are like, well, you know, if we if we didn't have the Electoral College, then only the, the cities would dictate every election because they have more people. So what you're saying is because fewer people agree with you and more people agree with the other side and, you know, enough to actually win an election, every time there are so many more people that agree with the other side, you think your vote should weigh as more so that way like what so that way it looks like more people agree with you than actually do like in what system is that yeah ever fair like oh well um kevin's better at math than me and so since i'm i'm worse at math than him i think i should already start out with like a b on my test and everything i get right after that is going to just add to it. So I can get 120% on my test instead of, you know, the 100 that Kevin's probably going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's messed up. Plus, I mean, supporting rural interests is kind of the point of the Senate. Like, there, there's no reason to have this included in the House. Let al- I mean, the Electoral College, let alone the House. Like, the House is specifically supposed to be representative of the people. That's what every founding father said. That's the entire purpose of it existing. And so the fact that single-member districting exists, like, it, it's ruining that entire purpose. And gerrymandering being legal is ruining the entire purpose of the House of Representatives. And it's, like, that's proving it right there. Like, it, the House specifically, you can call it for the Senate or the Electoral College, however you want, but the House is supposed to be a direct representation of the people. And in Texas in 2018, and it's going to continue in 2020, having 36 House seats with 23 of them being Republican, 64% Republican representation when only 50.4% of people voted Republican. Yeah, I know that we're still only talking about House of Representatives, but I also keep bringing up the Electoral we College. We will get this there, is, yeah. This is a similar problem, and I know you navigated away from that in this, because you already said that you did. I'm, you said it's less Electoral College-based. I, t- I tied it back. Okay. We're bringing, this is all part of the podcast. Um, so... Even in the House of Representatives, state power can outweigh the interests of the population. Multi-member districting and ranked choice voting can help reduce the disproportionate representation state over state. But I digress. This isn't a podcast on the House of Representatives not being representative. That's just an important sidebar to consider. This system, however, is also representative of what's so wrong with the Electoral College. In this winner-takes-all system, where one party base is largely aggregate to city centers in select states, and the other party is spread in less populated areas throughout the country, narrow margins of 0.1% can decide if an entire half of a state's population has their vote invalidated. What's even worse is considering the idea of states' interests. The state and the Senate are supposed to represent the interests of the people and the bodies local to that state. That's why every state has two senators to have equal representation in the Senate for all individuals voted in by the majority popular vote of that state. Now consider that an entire state's number of votes weighted to the population of that state, all go to the majority party interest of that state, rather than the individual's interest in the president. You've turned this into an election that the Senate is deciding, not the people. Let alone like the Electoral College, right? It's just something that the Senate is deciding because the state is going entirely in the way of the popular vote for that state. That's how you vote for the Senate. That shouldn't be how you vote for the the president. Um, Yeah, so... (sighs) Anyways, you can start to see how, although the state's interests are supposed to be represented by the additional two electoral votes from the Senate, they are actually well overrepresented in the electoral system as well. So let's toss point one out the window. The electoral college system is overweighting state's interests over the people, and it's not a reason to keep it around in its current form. It's not like it's, it's overrepresenting states instead of it being an equal representation of state and people. Because the equal representation is supposed to be the extra two votes from the Senate existing, not from all of the votes going to one candidate. Um, Anyways, let's move on to point two, and we'll keep this one short. The idea that the general people would not be able to gather the same information that electors in a state capital, that's just an outdated concept. I mean, tools of communication, media, research, and general information are just readily available through a multitude of outlets. People can access information about anything happening anywhere right now. 
Honestly, information overload is more of an issue now, but electors aren't going to be able to fix that. So toss point two out the window as well. So I'm looking at, like you said, I want to know how, what number of votes did Democrat and Democratic House members had to Republican House members had? Just straight up numbers. Like no... Like, districting-wise. Mm-hmm. Like, the way it should be? Yeah, yeah. that's, that's what I I'm wanted, saying, yeah. I mean, I found it for Texas on Wikipedia. Well, do you know what it was for the whole country, I, this I, election? I, well, I'm the, trying to the, find well, that. Well, for, house, okay. for like, house members, that's difficult, because then you have to combine, like... You, you have, have to combine every district, yeah. but we but have computers. You can do that, but 2020 no, hasn't been decided yet, so there's no numbers yet. And also, I'm sorry, are you looking for the state? Like, 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 okay. For example, that there's a certain number of people from each state who would have voted for their representative, mm-hmm. right? And you can so, find that pretty easily. Yeah. I wonder if... I but country, to find it. countrywide, probably not. You could probably just, add them up all from the states. Yeah, but you'd be out, adding but, like 50, things, so yeah, yeah. take but an I, afternoon and do it. Yeah. But. Why I, isn't that more look, of a number, though? It, it might exist. Thing, right? It might exist. We haven't done the Why research. We don't know. That number might exist. Yeah, I went through like to like four or five like election yeah. results like for House. I mean, it's a you know pretty search na- for twenty eighteen or something. You know, twenty eighteen. Uh, that's or true. I should because yeah. that's because twenty twenty numbers aren't available yet in, in in total. That's true. Um, so I guess I, it hasn't finished. So they yeah, that's it. true too. So yeah. I found the twenty eighteen numbers and like just in that state alone. I mean. It's wildly underrepresented. And I'm sure if you went to Maryland, it would be flipped the opposite direction, still not representing the people's interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Point one and point two tossed out the window. It's not. It's overrepresenting states' interests, and the information not being able to make it to the people is outdated. So we can finally talk about the real reason that a lot of shit is causing the current political and social climate in the U.S., and probably the real reason the Electoral College is still here and sucks tremendously. Number three to please a group of already privileged individuals by giving them more disproportionate power. I'm not going to spend more time ranting on what we already yell at our listeners about every week. But, but I will. <laughs> so this is my, my episode now. No, I'm just kidding. But also, seriously, it really is about like giving more power to people who, what, you choose to live in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. You know what the deal is? People... In urbanized city centers, you know, in metropolitan areas are generally higher educated. They are generally more well-traveled. They are generally more well-rounded as individuals. They have access to um, different perspectives. They're interacting with people who look different from them. And they're not Joe from the middle of fucking, you know, Nebraska, uh, who only interacts with his 20 people who live in his fucking town. And they're all white and they're all rich and they're all men somehow and still can populate. And yet they have the same way, <laughs> I know. same say in foreign affairs, which but they have no idea about. Yeah. Why does it, I don't get the reason that Like, why should fucking Joe, who hasn't gone to school, probably didn't even go past fucking eighth grade, you know? Why does Joe get more of a vote than I do after I have spent considerable amount of time, you know, like, being in school and learning and interacting with people? Mm -hmm. And, like, I... just doesn't make sense to me, but also all of those reasons are the reason that most metropolitan areas are primarily blue, which goes to show the more people you interact with, the more well-traveled you are, the more well-rounded you are, and the higher educated you are, the more you can see the democratic point of view. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you about yep. people I mean, yeah. who are on the red end of the spectrum? I mean, it's an overgeneralization, of course, I realize that, but... It's worth looking at. I mean, there's a reason why, like, <laughs> a lot of universities are almost entirely blue because mm-hmm. they host very well-educated people, probably the most educated that you would find in any given state, city, country, or whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, and there's, you know, I yeah. mean, we built a society on science and education, right? Mm-hmm. Like... So those are you're right. Know. There's a direct correlation. There's studies been done. Direct correlation between yeah. level of education and how progressive you are on a spectrum of you know red to blue. 
Yep. So. Okay, well, now my spiel is over, so uh, this episode is over. Have a good week, everyone. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> we just start the outro music immediately. You <laughs> going, Kevin. Yeah. Well, it's not too much more. I mean, there's, there's a number of disenfranchised people that are constantly having their issues drowned out by those who know nothing of what they're experiencing. The ones in power want more power. For reference, we have the last four years. And this system is just promoting that. The people didn't vote in W the first time. The people didn't vote in Trump. The system was designed to benefit the plantation owners, the one percenters, and those most privileged. From its inception, that's mm-hmm. how it was designed to accommodate the needs of those who of slave owners so that they could make sure their slaves don't have power, but they got more power than they deserved. And it continues to fulfill that goal. It's the only reason the Electoral College still exists. Set all of that aside everything that we talked about aside and say that you got some thick heads still saying it's how it's always been why should we change it oh we know exactly who he's talking about i will tell you (laughs) we all know one of those people yeah i do i will tell you why we should still change it even if you don't believe all the shit we've already talked about okay i'm uh, i'll I'll go take you okay we got that taken care of. The cats were doing their cat thing. Well, it was really just Jack. <laughs> anyways, back to it. I'll tell you why, even if you said everything that we talked about aside, why we should change it. The idea and implementation of the Electoral College was well before the two-party system was adopted. The assumption was that electors would vote according to their individual discretion, not dictated by a party of the state or nation, but rather the representation of their given location. It's a lot of rhyming. Didn't mean to do it. Also, the Constitution mentions nothing about how the states allot their electoral votes. The assumption was that each elector's vote would be counted individually, not a winner-take-all per state system. Even in later revisions, the idea was that the population from each district would elect an elector that they would individually select who was best to be president. Still not a state winner-take-all. So in terms of constitutionality or even framer intentions, the current electoral college is so far off from what was imagined. Now, mix in the issues of rural votes holding a higher value than votes in more populated states and swing state votes getting primary attention from candidates and inherently being a more valuable vote. And you just created a culture of vote non-importance. Now, throw in faithless electors, popular vote contradictions, voter suppression, third party party candidate influence, two party divisiveness and voters not feeling like their issues are represented fully in one candidate. And you still expect voters to be mobile and feel energized. How can anyone expect their vote to matter when the system is constantly screaming at them that it doesn't? It's absolutely fucked. Which I do agree with. On the flip side of that, though, you all came in with that mentality. um, And I'd never voted before I met y'all. And then I was like, no, you have to treat your vote like it matters. Because if you don't treat it like it matters, then it's definitely not going to fucking matter. I voted last election. Okay, well, these two hadn't. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Oh. They never voted before. I actually didn't know that until now. Yeah. Um, But that's part of the reason I've harped on y'all so hard about it, because I'm like, we got to vote. You got to treat your vote like it matters, because if you don't, then it's definitely not going to. And I'm not saying that there aren't aren't a lot of systems in place that go against you. And truthfully... You alone can't really do much about that. No offense. We, none of us as individuals can. The best thing we can do is fucking vote. That's what we as individuals can do to change those systems, to force our voices to be heard. And it's not perfect, and it's not going to get perfect unless we treat our voices like they matter. Even in this past election, more people voted than ever have before. And even still, probably a quarter of the U.S. population who is eligible to vote didn't. Still, still, and I mean, we still we still showed that, like, I mean, we swung a lot of things around, but it's crazy to me. You have to treat your vote like it matters for it to actually matter. Your vote does matter. The irony of it is the way we can make a change is by voting. Mm-hmm. We have to support local and national candidates pushing for progress and encourage them to make the changes we want and need, including that of the Electoral College needing an overhaul or even just to be abolished. It's possible. It almost happened after Richard Nixon was elected. Nixon won the three with uh, he won the election with 301 electoral votes over 191 for Hubert Humphrey. 
301 to 191. But Nixon only had 1% more of the popular vote. Nixon still won, and it triggered public concern that led to a House representative from New York submitting a proposal to amend the Constitution, abolishing the Electoral College, and replacing it with a national popular vote. Can you imagine if that happened today? It's so hard to picture anybody having an outcry about this to the point that a representative would be make a serious like swipe at trying to change this through a yeah. proposal. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't think this is not a partisan issue. I think that it could benefit everyone. I think that everyone could have their proper representation. Absolutely. If the country does want to be racist, if the majority of people do want to be racist as fuck, then I mean, like, come on, like, what are we going to do, right? Yeah. We do well, and ultimately, like, that's what I was saying the other day, too, when uh, Kevin was talking about how four million people who didn't vote for Trump last time did vote for him this time. And that's not to say that... It's more now, by the way. That was earlier on in the election, so it's way worse than even that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I mean, it's not to say that they voted for um, Hillary last time. They just plain didn't vote. But the pendulum swings both ways. When I go out and I say your vote is important, treat it like it matters, I fully expect people who have completely different opinions than me to go out and vote and I fully expect to have that opposition but I feel like to truly take advantage of our democracy and to truly have a democracy we all have to vote and join our voices together even when they are on complete opposite sides of the pendulum I know that I am way more progressive I'm so progressive that sometimes like when I used to take those little spectrum Tests, I got really close to communism, which scared the <laughs> shit out of me, but that's how progressive I am. scared of the red. <laughs> that's what I'm Megan. saying, though. Like, I know I'm more progressive. I don't expect our whole country to be Megan's dreamland. I just want everybody to put their voices out there so we can actually figure out something that works. And guess what? If you're a racist, I want you to see how many people think that you're wrong. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I want you to see that everybody, well, not everybody, but over half the population voted against your racist ass. You know true. what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That's yeah. facts. Again, I cannot believe that after all the shit that Trump did for four years, after everything he said, he had I more think people, people should be just forced. If you're going to vote for him, you should be forced to watch the shit that he said. Like, I don't... In front of I, a public audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and just be like, yo, are you kidding me? This is who you're going to vote for? Like, yeah. I think you should be shamed to vote for him. Yeah. <laughs> I think, literally, my stepdad, who, um, I'm... Here, Jackie, you guys. Jackie, come here, buddy. My stepdad, who is, by and large, used to be one of the most, um like, diehard Republicans, like, bleed red, he even was saying, like, wait a minute, we're not talking about, like, racism. When it comes to racism, like, yeah, no, black lives do matter. Like, there is, you know, there are black people being murdered at crazy rates by cops. Like, he even... Jackie, come here. (laughs) I don't know if you have to cut all of this because... No, I'm not going to. um, Come here, buddy. Uh, he even had to take pause and be like, no, no, wait, like, yes, I'm a Republican, but that applies to, like, fucking infrastructure and taxes and where we're building roads, you know, where. Like, Mm -hmm. this doesn't apply to racism. Like, no, we draw the line. We draw the line at being hateful towards people around us. Um, We draw the line there because if we don't, then what the fuck? Is he libertarian? I don't know what he is now, but you know what he did say? The only way to deal with racists is to shame them. And I have never heard my stepdad say something like that. But he said, you have to shame people. If they're being racist around you, you almost have to be like, why the fuck would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. Just like. Which is my. For my stepdad to suggest, I was like. Yeah. Just when we went to that place, I was like, I was not going to leave from that day. I was not going to accept defeat. Because I am 100% sure it was because of your mask. It's probably, I have a um, Black Lives Matter, Voting Matters, and, like a big thing of that. I'll, and I'll when that happened, yeah. you know me. It was fun. I was I was dedicated well, to and fucking I, that dude over. The only right reason that I didn't say anything at first is because I was like, okay, maybe there is a rule, right? But then the bartender told us, no, you can absolutely sit there. Yeah. Like, that was weird. And then I was like, 
oh, there's not a rule. This yeah. is about something else. I was actually, I, yeah. I'm, I think I'm going to be a Karen about this shit. I think I'm 100% going to be a Karen about this shit. I'm about to call their fucking place up and speak to the manager. And I'm going to be like, yo, are you serious? If this is going to be allowed here, this is crazy. I'm going to I'm gonna do a, um, a quick synopsis of this story. Um, not to, oh yeah, mark it so you can cut it, I guess. No, I'm not cutting it. <laughs> but um, I'm going to do a quick synopsis of what we're talking about. So the other night, we have a few things around our house that we're celebrating. And then, of course, Georgia being blue, we were celebrating uh, the other night. So we went to uh, Yard House, which, by the way, has been very uncharacteristic of us. We've been quarantining. We've been isolating. You know, like we were just going to do like a special... You know, we had our masks on and everything. There was an hour-long wait, so we went to a bar um, that shall remain nameless, but it, it rhymes with Slash lunch, plate hangout. soul... Uh, Goshal. I don't know. It doesn't matter. So we went to, we went to this uh, bar, and we... We're just going to get a drink, and so we went downstairs, and uh, it was a lot less crowded than upstairs when we went, and so we decided to just order from the bar downstairs, you know, again, just trying to be cognizant of, like, hey, we probably want to avoid that huge crowd of people that's around the upstairs bar, so we went downstairs, and there was one empty table that had four seats, and there were four of us, and so Kevin went and staked out that table um, while we ordered, like, a big a big punch bowl uh, for us to socialize around um and this guy walked up to kevin and was like uh so what can i get you to you know to eat and he was like oh we're like just ordering a drink up at the bar and he was like oh you can't sit here and he was like well we're we're ordering something and he was like well if you order from me you can sit here but otherwise you can't um and kevin was like okay but they're ordering literally 10 feet away they're ordering something like you know it's not like we're just sitting here and the guy was like no you gotta go you can't sit here so we walked back. I, I walked up to try and save him because I saw him getting into a discussion, and I just know that Kevin probably doesn't like, you know, to be in any type of social situation. Uh, and I didn't even know that that one was as uncomfortable as it was. But we got back up and um, went and told Dev and Michael, and we were like, yeah, that was really weird. They just said that we couldn't sit there unless we were ordering something from him. And that's fine. Sometimes that happens. I know when we go to um, Battle and Brew, they have, like, a specific dining area. They have a specific, like, order drinks area. I get that. I'm not talking that. But then Dev asked the late, the girl who we were ordering drinks from, he was like, hey, what's the deal with that? Like, we just, we wanted to sit right there at that table, like, you know, where other people are also sitting at their tables just drinking. They don't have food in front of them or whatever. So he was like, is there another place we can sit? Like, you know, what's the deal? And she was like, no, you guys can sit there. And Dev was like, okay, well, then what the fuck is that guy's problem? Because he definitely told us we couldn't sit there. So she, like, called down her manager, and she apologized profusely. And, like, it was just this whole thing, and we were even sent, like, a different server. Um, but and then he, the server never he came. He shot us death glares the whole time. But when Dev went to go sit down after the girl was like, no, no, you sit there. I'm calling my manager right now. But, like, you guys sit down at that table. Dev was the first one over there. And the guy came right up to him and just said, you can't sit here. I and, gave like, him the most inhuman treatment. I didn't even look at him. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't I even that. look at him. I and I was like, that. I'm going to sit here. Bitch, fuck off. I don't give a shit. It was just, it seemed like it was about something different. I am totally willing to I am 100% sure that it was for the mask. Yeah. This color of our oh, skin. Oh, yeah, I should. I and should, then Trump losing Yeah, that I should night. be clear that this guy was a white country boy. He yeah. was a oh, good, yeah, old, he was. good old southern boy. Yeah, he was. And this is the night that Biden was announced the winner. So. Yeah, so there's probably some fresh feelings. And again, I am more than happy to respect, you know, restaurants' rules. And if there's different zoning and stuff. Totally, like I do get that, and I want to be cognizant of that. But this really felt like it was about something else, especially because, like, what if we had changed our minds and decided we wanted to order something from him, and he immediately came up and just said to Dev, "You can't sit here." He didn't even say hi, how's it going? Like, hey, what can I get you? Nothing. He just walked up to Dev, a different member of our party, and said, "You can't sit here," as his opening statement. Yeah, I was like, uh, I'm going to sit here. 
Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that's what we're talking about. Um, is that guy? So that's that weird. Place. That was a, like, we've been there more and than we, a half a dozen times at least. We've been there. We've ordered a drink at that bar and sat at that exact table and have not had the types of issues yeah. that we ran into that night. And so I'm sure it's a one-off. Of course, we're gonna go uh, again. No, I'm gonna make that. Like, no, I'm gonna make that dude get something. I don't know what it is, but well, sure. But we're gonna I, go to that bar again. We're gonna oh, yeah. I, like it's oh, not yeah. a, it's not against the bar. It's just one guy who I don't know. Maybe it made is made a weird situation. We'll find out. Yeah. If they choose to do nothing, then maybe it is against. It's them. a bar with a lot of staff, and so I'm sure we won't even run to that sa- run into that same dude again. And again, we were trying to be like socially distant, so this was a one off for us. We just were trying to be smart in the way that we were going about things. If he just wasn't racist, if he just hid his racism, he probably would have made more money off of us than he would have at any table in yeah, that Yeah, that's something y'all should know about Michael and Dev. Both of them are exceptional tippers, and Dev eats a lot of food. Yeah. And so... So, like, I would have probably ordered, like, three plates of appetizers. Yeah. You know, more drinks. We probably would have had a, had a couple of rounds of drinks at least. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he would have made... Way more in tip, just tip, than most people would have made. Well, that's the thing is, like, we probably would have ordered, like, decided to turn around and order from him if he was just like, oh, yeah, man, sorry, like, this is just, like, if you have to order food, even if it's just, like, an appetizer or something, we probably would have if he would have leveled with us and just, like, explained things to us, or explained things to us in a way that didn't seem weird and, like, you can't be here type of way. Was just off. And then he shot I us daggers for the him. whole time yeah. that we were there, which was unfortunate because I felt like we had made a scene. Anyways, long See, story I don't, short. I don't I, want you to think that. Yeah. I really don't want you to think that because that takes away from the situation, I feel like. That's fair. Yeah. But long story short, I want Kevin to finish his episode. Yeah, I just fair. wanted to I'm just extremely clue passionate everybody about that. into what we were referencing yeah. when we were talking about that guy the other night. This has been Story Corner with the Pod Squad. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, fuck that dude. Yeah. Fuck that piece of shit. Anyways. I'm gonna be a Karen. Okay, do it later. But right now, we're in the middle of this uh, this proposal that's coming out from this House rep in New York after this, uh, the Nixon election. Right, so he, he submitted it. The House Judiciary Committed, Committee uh, voted 28 to 6 to approve the proposal. Then the House of Representatives had bipartisan support, passing the proposal with 339 to 70 votes. Then, even Nixon endorsed adopting the proposal, encouraging the Senate to pass it. Then, the Senate Judiciary Committee adop- uh, approved it 11 to 6. But then you get to the Senate, where all things go to die. They were probably about a dozen votes shy of passing it, with some undecided. The Senate commenced open debate on the proposal, and immediately it was filibustered. They tried twice to cloture the filibuster, failing twice, and then after three weeks, they decided to table the proposal so that Senate could attend to other business. God, what a terrible, terrible thing, filibuster. That's crazy. I agree. The proposal was never considered again, and it died with the 91st Congress ending the next year. That was the closest that we ever got to abolishing the Electoral College under Nixon's presidency. If you can believe that. After that, it's been mostly quiet. Jimmy Carter wanted the Electoral College abolished, writing a letter of reform to Congress. In 2005, the Every Vote Counts resolution was proposed for a popular vote, as well as further resolutions introduced in 2009, all of them dying before receiving a vote. And since January of 2019, some joint resolutions have been made proposing amendments replacing the Electoral College with the popular vote. As of July 2020, 15 states plus D.C. have joined the National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. Colorado is one of those uh, states. They just voted on it and it passed. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yes. By the way. (laughs) are obviously like California, New York, uh, Oregon, Washington, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Um, that's a so Governor like Polis is definitely educated. one to keep your eye on. Yeah. Governor Polis is really great. He's bringing a lot of great things to um, the ballots, and uh, people are voting on them, and it's really, really cool. Yeah. Just to give you guys an overview of what the uh, national, oh, what did I say it was? I have it written down. I just lost it for a second. National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. Just to tell you what that is, uh, those states that choose to join the compact will, acting together if and when reflecting a majority of electors, pledge their electors to the winner of the national popular vote. So it would only take effect after participating states total at least 270 votes. 
they're currently at 196. So they're not that far off. They're, I mean, I don't know. It depends on which states they get, I guess. But they're probably only about three states away, maybe four, mm -hmm. from making this a reality. Uh, there's some question about the legality of this, as it hasn't retrieved congressional consent, but it seems like a step that can be taken on a statewide level without having to pass through Congress, which of course is seemingly impossible. So that's a really interesting thing that I saw where I just thought like, there's a chance that if enough people do this, if we can't pass abolishing the Electoral College, we can just do it in an effective manner by having this group of states, once they get enough to have to like declare a winner, just vote based off of the national popular vote. And then the Electoral College is just totally undermined, which is fantastic. And uh, honestly, is more of a dream than abolishing the Electoral it's College. It's using the system against them, yeah. which is the best way to circumnavigate. Like, that's a thing with like Trump and I mean, all of the Republican run situations at mm -hmm. the moment is the best way to get around them and circumnavigate them is to use their system against them. Yeah, I agree. I hope that enough states join that soon enough. Colorado just said. Yeah. But they have a good amount of electors. They do. They do. I think that this includes the Colorado. Oh, you said as of July? Oh, uh, oh Colorado, yeah. Colorado just voted on it. Okay, just cool. just joined so then like, last week. Okay, so gotcha. You're right. I did say of July. Yeah. Um, so cool. So they're above 200 now. That's awesome. <laughs> the point is, change can be made by putting your vote forth. Vote in local elections, state elections, national elections. Vote for the candidate that supports the interests most important to you. We know with the two-party system that we have right now, it's likely that there's no candidate that will be perfectly aligned with your interests. But maybe with the right people in office, we won't have to make concessions with our, if, with our vote. If we can get rid of the Electoral College and implement ranked choice voting, mm -hmm. we'll be making a step towards a more representative future. And if you haven't already, watch uh, the Patriot Act episode on Netflix on ranked choice voting. Um, I think it's an episode titled on the two-party system. Um, but uh, it's incredibly enlightening, and it was the first time I had even heard of ranked choice voting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now I think it's a great solution to transition out of the two-party system. Because, again, getting rid of the two-party system isn't likely something that's going to happen mm -hmm. just because we'd have to go against a lot of people in order to yeah. do that. So instead, we just kind of transition out of that and that is just as effective, yeah. you know? Sure, mm -hmm. Republicans and, and Democrats can be two of the parties, but I mm -hmm. want them to be amongst and have yeah. equal footing uh, with progressives. I want them to have equal footing with uh, Green Party, with libertarians, with independents, any, anywhere on the spectrum you wanna be. Throw some people who believe in like Marxism on there. I don't give mm -hmm. a fuck, you know? But like, let's, let's diversify the pool and do ranked choice voting. Yeah. Why not? If, um, if my mathematical people are watching, there's an excellent video by uh, CGP Gray. Just look up CGP Gray ranked choice voting, and it will show up the first thing. Mm -hmm. And it goes into a little bit more like like the mathematical side of it. Mm -hmm. If you were interested, and I think that it's extremely cool. Mm. You know, yeah. I think that's like. I think it's a valid. It's, it's, it's a, a valid option. Uh, Maine already uses it. Um, this is their first election that they have, so I actually am really interested to see how that kind of worked for them this year. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, once they get everything, of course, all tallied. And I want to see how it worked for them because they did it not only for presidential candidates, but they did it for House representatives, Senate mm -hmm. representatives. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, I think that that's a great option, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to see how it worked out for them. Uh, just because always, as always, seeing it in execution is a little bit better than talking about it yeah, in true. theory. Exactly, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just to conclude, that was all I had to talk about. But just to kind of summarize everything to take away from here, uh, starting with the House of Representatives, I think it's fucked. Gerrymandering is fucked, and it gives way too much uh, power to uh, interests of the state slash Senate as opposed to the actual representation of the people. Uh, the Electoral College gives way too much uh, weight to the states, uh, and it is ultimately outdated in both its uh, con concept, in both its conceptualization, implementation, and execution. All of it's outdated. Uh, and go out and vote every time that you have the chance, because mm -hmm. it's, it's never going to be more important than the next election. That's going to be true yeah, every election. Always. And um, also, uh, to clarify, when Kevin talks about um, 
interests of the state. He's not talking about interests of the state over interests of the country. He's not talking about federalism versus like federal power versus state power. Mm-hmm. He's talking about state power versus the power of the people. Right. Um, and that's important because that is a general hot ticket issue for um, red and blue sides. Generally, red voters think that their state should have more power than the um, than the country, and that's fine. Whatever. I don't give a fuck. Um, that's why like, some of the states have legal marijuana, so we're also using that system against them, you know what I mean? But, like, uh, I, I want to specify that it's state power versus individual's power right. uh, within that state, um, mm-hmm. not state power versus uh, federal power. The way that it all exists right now, both single-member districting, electoral college, uh, winner-take-all system, uh, everything is just its weighing too much power away from the individual voter, away from people like you and me and all of these three and everybody else that you know, the individual person has their vote and their voices diminished greatly because of the systems that are currently in place. Mm -hmm. Uh, All we can do is work to fix those, work to uh, vote people in that are going to support things like ranked choice voting, like multi-member districting, like uh, abolishing the electoral college and maybe implementing a national party vote, or sorry, a national populist, populist vote. Definitely, definitely, definitely do your research, go out and vote every time that it's an option. And treat your vote like it matters, because if you don't, then nobody else fucking will. You gotta treat it like it matters first. And then we can slowly but surely start to change things. Because I get it. I know that there are lots of systems in place that are against us that make it feel like we don't matter. But that starts with us. We got to say, hey, my vote fucking matters. Yes. You know. Mm -hmm. We have to show them that we're not just a suppressed actual majority, but that we are an overwhelming actual majority Mm -hmm. that wants this change to happen, that wants these things implemented. Mm -hmm. Because there's not going to be a change otherwise. Yep. I definitely agree. Anyways. Anyways, that's the end of our episode. Sorry for all the tangents that we went on, but also not sorry. Obviously, there's always more to these issues. <laughs> there's always more to these issues than what we can cover in, you know, our one-hour episodes. Um, so I, of course, implore you to do your own research and read about those things. And then, of course, as always, vote. Look, look at the numbers. Vote in these runoff elections. If you have the power to, if you live in the state of Georgia, please do. Um... Otherwise, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Please feel free to send us hate, love, whatever you want uh, (laughs) via any of our social media or our email. Not an expert podcast. Yay. That's the one. (laughs) Share it up. It's done. It's crazy.